Hello. Hey, here we go. Everybody, we are Earth's Mightiest Critics. This is the last Earth's Mightiest Critics live stream of 2023. Can you believe it? No. Not no. after your moratorium of a year of comic movies. Thought we'd never be here. <laughs> I was just going to say, we started off this movie with me completely ignoring the genre, and now we're ending on, on a comic book movie, on the last comic book movie, not only of the year, but of the DC Extended Universe. Uh, Era. James Gunn is going to be taking over, well, he has taken over, he's going to be releasing a Superman movie, allegedly, in 2025, along with other, another cartoon shows and spinoffs and who knows what. Uh, we'll see if there's even a market for it uh, after... Aquaman The Lost Kingdom, a movie that flopped so hard that it did worse mm. in its opening weekend than The Marvels, which was, until then, the lowest bar possible. So we're going to talk about that tonight. And with me, as I mentioned, our Earth's Mightiest Critics, I am Ian Simmons of Kicking the Seat. We have Katie Glidewell of The Blonde in Front herself Ooh. joining us. Thank you. By the way, uh, you got to prove to us that that is not a, that is not a balloon trident. That, that can't be a balloon. Oh my gosh, it's bending. Boy, she's it's, strong. it's a stuffed it's trident? No, it's, it's a, a balloon. It's a blow up. It's oh, a blow, it's a blow up, up trident. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. That is yeah. nice. I oh, got this nice. at the press screening. Nice. <gasps> they were handing that out. That was Aquaman oh. 2 merch. Handing out is a is a strong word. You know, yeah. I've got I've got my I've got my my people. And then I also got the little ice cube trays because you know, it's set in Antarctica, a significant yes. part of it. So, see here, kids. Katie is what we call in the business an influencer. She is got it above us, guys. Got it above us. Whole, whole nother level. Whole yeah, nother whole nother level. level. And and you guys are a level above me because I'm in the basement. So I'm in the basement too. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, well, I think we'll have United. to. Yeah. We'll have to get into later, uh, Katie. Based on the movie, did you become an under the influencer? Um, in order, in order to get through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, I think is my uh, comment made when you were um, on Facebook. It's like uh, it, it definitely left left me damp. Um, but we'll get into that. I think a little bit um, later. <laughs> what is it? Is Jason Momoa, or is it because it was two hours long? You just had to you you had to wait to. <laughs> <laughs> oh look! I mean, there were a varied um, amount of emotions. Like in the beginning, you know, Jason. Jason does it, and Jason with a baby. Hello. Okay. Fine. Ooh, yeah. Yep. All about that. Nicely done. But then, uh, yeah, I don't know if you want me to talk about it. I can, but I mean, <laughs> we'll we'll get into all of it later. Right yeah. now, I'm going to do the intros because I've got I've got some thoughts, uh, perhaps some surprising thoughts on Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom. But moving right along, we have Don Shanahan, the film obsessive. How you doing, sir? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. All right, uh, of course. And we have, of course, DC show Mark the Movie Man Krawcheck. You let That's anybody in here. You let anybody <laughs> in here, man. It would be a federal crime if we talked about a DC oh, event movie or a DC anything and didn't have you on in some capacity, even if it was a pre-recorded video that we played live on the stream. We had to get Mark in here. <laughs> um, all right, so I this this movie is had a lot going against it going into its release. Everything from, in my opinion, James Gunn making one of the biggest publicity blunders of all time. I don't know how Warner Brothers allowed him to come out with this 
because he came out with like a little bit of a, a real it wasn't quite the marvel style event announcement but earlier this year he announced hey in 2025 we're getting a new superman and also none of the characters in this current iteration of the dceu are coming back the actors are all gone we're starting completely over with a new universe so yeah enjoy the four dc movies we have coming out this year which are basically narrative dead ends on top of that, you've got the conclusion of the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Um, you've got speculation as to are they going back and cutting her out of the movie? And and she's only in the trailers for like a half a second, so she's not part of the story at all. You know, what? <laughs> the the truth is is much stranger than than the headlines. Um, but yeah, there there wasn't a whole lot of goodwill for this film, which is strange because it's a half decade removed from a billion dollar movie, yeah. Aquaman from 2018, which. I was surprised to have enjoyed. It was, uh, I think, kind of a turning point for me because I'm not a big fan of the Zack Snyder vision of the DC uh, cinematic universe. I think I've kind of softened on him in, in some respects since the you know, first time I've seen these movies. But I like the, the lighter-hearted, more comic booky. yes, we'll say it, drifting more into the Marvel style of filmmaking with Shazam, with Aquaman, even with Wonder Woman 1984, a movie I will still defend. Sorry. <laughs> But now, now we have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Hated the trailer. I mm. thought it was going to be a colossal waste of time. And I was prepared to end this movie or this year crying about a comic book movie. Um, no, I loved, I loved Aquaman too. Ooh. I was emotional at the end of it, um, like genuinely kind of welling up. And I hadn't been drinking. Um, I think this movie's fun. I think it does everything that it needs to do. Uh, I think it's better. I, I even like The Flash. So I just want to put this in context, realizing that that movie, I think, would have been saved if they'd given it enough time to fully bake the special effects that they were trying to get, you know, get across. Mm -hmm. But just as a story, I thought it was kind of fun and, and, you know, emotional at the end and all that good stuff. Both films end on a very, very goofy kind of what the hell are you doing note um, that is almost as if the Warner Brothers went in and recut these goofy endings because they knew like no one's going to take this seriously after this big announcement. Yeah, but yeah, I let's go around the room, the virtual room, and get some high-level thoughts on Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom because I want to know how much of an uphill swim or an upstream swim this is going to be. Am I going to be waiting against the currents or with them? How many more sea slash fish puns can we squeeze out of one live stream? Um, Katie, let's start with you. <laughs> uh well dampness <laughs> yeah the, um the dampness is what i would um my usually yeah usually when uh you know as all of us do when we leave screenings uh we're asked like what we thought of the film you know in a couple sentences all that stuff uh this was one of the first times that there wasn't anyone there after the screening and my Whoa. yeah and my mm -hmm. if they had asked me i would have said it had its moments, um, which is the nicest thing I think I could say. The other thing was that some of the dialogue was just some of the worst I have heard, honestly, this year. As I quote, I'm going to go kill me a dead mermaid. What the <laughs> F are you saying? And why? One, it's a double negative. Like, what? <laughs> and two, really? Really? This is what we're doing? Um, it's also, and it's been, yeah, as you said, it's been five years since the original. I had not seen, um, the first one in probably about three years. Um, but I do recall, you know, the Anna, Anna, um, 
animosity between um, Arthur and his brother Orm. And this became one of those things, uh, the corniness, um, it's like with the dampness, it, it then became the corniness with their relationship and their dialogue that I honestly wrote down that it's like brothers don't shake hands, brothers swim and defeat an evil kingdom because that's what it felt like the majority of this movie was. Uh, it, I think if it had a, just a little bit more seriousness, but it just was so immature and dumb with some of the dialogue between the two of them. I mean, they barely knew each other in the first one. And mm -hmm. they were, you know, at, and I get it. I mean, um, Patrick Wilson is the king of Atlantis. Who the hell is this guy coming in, taking his throne, taking his girl, basically just taking everything. And then he's going to be in jail. And then it's like five years later and it's supposed to be like, we got to work together. It's like, you know, I have to go do some king shit, you know, and all that <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, I just, wow, the dialogue in this is really Oscar worthy. Like you guys are doing like stealing some Shakespeare for this. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you though, because okay. the, the dialogue that you're, that you're bringing up, those are Aquaman lines, right? It's not like King Orm is saying, I'm going to go kill me a dead mermaid. Right. No, that was uh, Manta. That was Manta, yeah. Yeah. That was oh. Manta. yeah. That was Manta. Oh, he did. The, okay. Yeah. Um. Well, the, the. Okay, then that's yeah. I don't. The thing is, I have heard people mention that line. I think mm -hmm. it swam right by me because I don't remember the context or even being like uttered. Like when when yeah. did he say that, and what was the what was the context of it? He was in the drive-through line for Long John Silver's. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there you go. That's where he was. That was uh, when Black Manta attacked Atlantis and Mira, who I know everyone gives uh, Amber Heard a bunch of crap, but I mean, her character literally did save uh, Aquaman three times that I counted. So oh, yeah. Yeah. give her a break, okay? It's like, this is all about the personal stuff, which, you know, no one seemed to make any big deal, you know, regarding the London, but that's a whole other thing. Um, right. But yeah, but then Black Manta um, shot her with his ray, and mm -hmm. she was. Um, and then he was like, "I'm gonna go kill me a dead mermaid." And I'm like, "Oh, that's ooh, that's a that's one I'm not gonna forget anytime soon." 2023. I, Thanks for that. You know, I saw <laughs> the movie off today, the and I I saw the movie today, and I don't that line didn't even register with me. I think no. I was like too like looking at the, the or thinking about the <clears throat> weird injuries on her on her neck. And her chest, yeah. I'm like, is this going to be the excuse they have for like kind of writing oh, her out of the picture? I was, yeah. I was thinking about like other stuff yeah. and not paying attention to that that gem of a line. Um, but yeah, point taken. This isn't. Mm -hmm. th this definitely is a movie for kids, and I think that's a you know that's a, that's a part of the thing that contributes to the mess that is the overall DCEU because you've got yeah. you start yeah. off on this PG thirteen, yes, so kids can go see it. But it's definitely more adult fare, and you're ending on something that is very much like, if you've never seen Lord of the Rings, this is almost like the gateway. This is like you you come home from watching Aquaman two and saying, oh my god, mom, dad, they had this guy, and he was so powerful. He's like a king from thousands of years ago, and there was this magical thing that he used to fight people, and then a bunch of people had to take him down. But he comes back in the form of this special thing, and he starts to possess people and turn them evil. And they're like, um. If you think that's cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. my friend Pete, Mr. Peter Jackson. 
So this is a gateway drug to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, let me show you this yeah. kiwi guy. Yeah. Right. Which, and I mean, I the special effects I felt like were half and half. Sometimes they were beautiful. The Lost Kingdom, mm. everything I thought about the Lost Kingdom, it's like, okay, this is where you guys put your time and money. Like that was amazing. Some of it looked like it was straight out of a shark's tail. Um <laughs> and but the one thing that uh when you're I mean, I still, um, I, when I took my friend, um, she was like, why are you still staying here? Even at the end, I'm like, because I have to be the one to tell you if you have to stay at the end or not, because <laughs> this is part of the job that we have to do. Mm-hmm. You do not, um, because there's nothing at the end other than about a minute's worth of names that all worked on the special effects CGI stuff. Like I remember speaking to someone and we're having a conversation and the names are still going. And I'm thinking like, man, did they steal Avatar's Thunder for the most? Like, <laughs> it's like Avatar's like, look, we've got this many people who worked on our CGI. And Aquaman 2 is like, yeah, hold my beer. Uh, this is still going on after, uh, actually, I think it was an actual minute. Um, it'd, which, be, it'd be funny if that, those credits overlapped, like if they were just taken from, because both are underwater extravaganzas. Yeah. But I um, mean, I think DC definitely doesn't need to do anything with babies ever again between the flash and this. Oh boy. That was yeah. a big that yeah. was a big like wow, if this is how you're gonna begin it, this is not mm-hmm. the way to do it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna again, pee in the mouth. Twice. Yeah, I'm like which like the flash. Ah, yeah. Um but I that I, I mean that, that, that nice. part didn't that part didn't bother me. That that's yeah, that like whole, a throwback to to, to yeah. three men and a baby. You know, sure. we've seen that. We just haven't seen it in a while. My biggest disappointment was they did it twice with the baby peeing in Flash's mm-hmm. not Flash. Uh, he probably would have enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. No, in Aquaman's <laughs> in Aquaman's mouth, right? Um, because he's changing the diapers and the kid has an overactive bladder. Right, At right. the very end, I was waiting for the rule of three to play out because Aquaman is in danger, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there's this giant spray from off screen. Of course, it was Mira, but I thought, wouldn't it be so yeah. cool if it was the kid? That would have been good. Being to save That'd dad. Yeah. That would have been um, good. One of the highlights for me, though, and who was also a highlight for another film that actually is in, if I had a worse list, Jonathan Rice Davies. Um, I and also Lord of the Rings. I love hearing his voice. I love hearing him do the cry of battle. And it's like we're gonna have a fight and all that stuff. I mean, this guy is like in his 80s. Probably I mean, who knows? It's like, and I hear his voice and I know you guys are in trouble. You're <laughs> not gonna win. This guy, if he's on that side, you're done. You're done. And it's like, that was honestly, I'm getting chills thinking about it. He was one of my highlights of the film. I didn't think it was the worst. I thought the ending was very Marvel. Wink mm. to, we, we all know who. I mm. loved that. I loved that. <laughs> talk about, talk no, about your man. last little no, sting. I, he no. did that, and I laughed out loud in the theater. I literally oh, laughed I did out too, loud in the theater. Not for the reason you did. And I was like, <laughs> beautiful. Thank you. Look, was, that, 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 that shows, shows how far with Ezra grasp- Miller's tooth falling out. Yeah, that, um, that shows how grasping they are at chasing Marvel. Is like we we have nothing left but to ape it for shits and giggles at the end. Just weak sauce. Oh, I laugh too, but for the different reason for sure. 
I, and that's, that's the thing. Like yeah. Mark, I'm, I'm kind of there with you because I cringe, but I was also like, you what know, you if you're, it, it's, it's the yeah. kamikaze move. It's like, yeah. we've already decided to fly into, oh, gosh, <laughs> into me, into enemy airships. That's true. You might as well, you know, joke it, along the way. Yeah. If this, um, wasn't, if this wasn't the last DCEU oh. film, and they delivered that it might have landed differently but the oh. fact that this is officially the last dceu I film guess, but... i appreciate it and i yeah. loved that last little kick it was like just there's... the last little yeah but it's last not little a... kicking the door as you're being pulled out yeah out it's of the a... building but it's not a kick in the balls of victory it's a that's how bad you are. You're kicking and screaming out of the door because you couldn't get it right. You know, like, that was a, that's all folks, you know, kind I of know, thing. Yeah. Look, I, I think, and, and in fact, you now thinking you about lose, it, we did make our rule of three. We, we made our rule of three with the peeing in the mouth joke. It's just <laughs> at the, the very end, it was them peeing in the audience's mouth. Oh, good um, point. Is that true. what I tasted? Oh, gosh. Yikes. Oh, by the way, Mark, I don't know if that was a pun, but you said officially. That yeah. was, oh, okay. I applaud you, sir. Um, all right. So, Mark, give us kind of your high-level, quick thoughts on. Oh no! On give Aquaman. the hater, give the hater a chance first, because oh, well, he read my review. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, Don. Let's yeah. have it. Let's have it. No, um, I um, I was a two-star out of five guy. Um, I love the okay. first one. First one's a blast. Um, the first one, kind of where Katie's coming from when it comes, to, and I, I won't call it seriousness. I'll call it majesty. Um, the first one had a good balance of the jovialness that we were missing in a lot of these DC movies when they were overly serious. Um, but it had, it still with the special effects and the, and the production design and the scope of what they were trying to tell had to majesty to it. And I feel like that's just, it's fleeting and in glimpses here where it was still kind of a backbone and a spine in the first one where that's the part that's missing. Like when we have that little, you know, family matters, you know, cheesy theme opening of like, I'm Aquaman and I'm a dad and I'm going to kick some ass. And like, there's my life, you know, like if I, I what movie am I watching? It's not Henry Cavill on a camcorder with a bad mustache, but it it's it's not that bad of a movie opening, but it's it's second. It's close where um it's it's nice to see. It's nice to see Jason Momoa throw down. And of course, he's 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 the stick that stirs the drink for the jovialness and the spirit of this movie. And it always will be. Thank goodness. Jason is Jason is Jason. Um, and I and I'll compliment the movie for. For um, bringing back villains. I mean, how often are we in a, a cycle in a Marvel movie and even in DC movies where everybody's one and done? You know, there's this big cataclysmic thing that happens. The villain, of course, can't stay because we need to kill him off. But um, they bring back Orm. They bring back um, Black Manta and they give them consequential arcs to complete uh, in a movie that's still pretty messy about trying to get to the finish line. But it's we're not overpacking this with three other things going on. It's It's still just... Randall Park tagging along, um, and then you're still you're two villains that are coming in different places with a new push from thanks to the first movie, and I appreciated that uh, because too often this would be, yeah, like, like every sequel syndrome is to double double everything, double your villains, double your effects, double your time, double your money um, spent, and this one didn't do that. It it, um, it dialed that back, and that was I, I appreciated that, but it just still kind of went it it went a lot of places to go nowhere, you know, like it's still the Ian's talked. Ian's heard me talk about this even on his show that the Pixar's behavior lately, the last oh my gosh, maybe ten years, where every second and third act is run and go get the thing. You know, oh we got to run and go get the thing. Oh we got to go run and get the thing. Oh no no we ran there, but now we got to run here and go get the thing and run here and go get the thing. And it's like four running here's to go get the things in one movie where you just do one running here to go get the thing. <laughs> uh, and this movie is two thirds running and go getting the thing, and. 
and yes, there's some nice banter back and forth between the, the brotherly strife that's being healed in the movie and obviously the villain going through the arc that they're going through with Black Manta, which I appreciated. But um, it's just... I, and I don't hold the end of the DCU against it. I don't hold it. I don't give a shit about Amber Heard and, and all that drama. I'm there for the movie. Um, and it just... Um, this was a tough place to to, to end. And, it, and it's probably not their fault. And I'm trying to acknowledge that as I think about where they're at. But um, if you know you have nothing to go for, or if you, if you, I don't know, if you're trying to get to a place of finishing things, you gotta, I don't know, stamp that trying it in the ground a little harder than they did. Um, and I feel like the missing ingredient there is kind of where Katie's going. Not so much seriousness, but I'll call it majesty. It's missing a little bit of the, the bigness that made it so good before, at least in the first one. Still fun, I get it, but eh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I think, I mean. I understand where you're coming from. I, I think I slightly disagree. I think the majesty comes out in, uh, you know, some of the ways that made the first film so unbelievable because some of those battle scenes were, were just crazy. And I think you get yeah. a, a couple of glimpses of that here. We've already established, you know, what Atlantis is. We, we get some of that, I guess, regalness and, and mystery and darkness when we get into, uh, was it Necris, the Lost Kingdom at, right, the, at right. the very end? Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like... Th- they don't need to tread a lot of this this ground. And actually, I think that the opening, as you call it, the, the Family Matters opening, is perfectly in line with where Aquaman is at this point in his life. Because yeah. at the end of the first movie, he ascends to the throne as the King of Atlantis. And what I think is a great through line from beginning to end with this movie is he finds out that there's more to being king than just like, you know, fighting sea monsters and, and sitting around on the throne looking cool. There's a lot of politics and having to deal with like you know inner species and inner kingdom mm-hmm. drama and he's kind of fed up with it so he escapes that there's a line i think i think uh mira actually says it or maybe it's someone else says you know you spend half your time no i think it was one of the council members you spend half your time you know above land with you know with the the earthlings or whatever mm-hmm. that's because he'd rather be up there hanging out with his dad and his infant kid and doing like dirt bike wheelies and you know just yeah. being goofy because when he goes back down to work it's a lot of bureaucracy and he can't really yeah. be himself. So even when he has to go on this adventure to break his brother out of jail, someone that he hates to say, you know, save the planet from Manta and this weird green, <laughs> I don't know, goo or smoke yeah. or whatever. Uh, he sees it as kind of like, you know, one last hurrah. This is a buddy cop movie. It is. It's also a classic slobs versus snobs film, but embodied in just two people. And I think that's what really works. I yeah. think the relationship between Orm and Arthur Curry is one of the strongest relationships I've seen in one of these DC films. Um, it's it's predictable from beginning to end. You're not going to go into this as an adult saying, oh, I'm expecting something completely original. This doesn't cut it. You have to put yourself in the mindset of this really is a not a, not an all ages movie because there's some dark stuff in here. I think Juan, James Wan is really able to kind of touch back on his horror roots in some key parts. Mm-hmm. But this really is a family friendly kind of crowd pleasing kind of thing. I think in that mold, it steps out of that box in a good way, and I think it also descends into yes, there's yeah being in the mouth there's, gags, which we should have been done with back in the '80s probably. Yeah, there's one more thing that's missing other than the majesty, and maybe it is a little piece of majesty. We never see Jason Momoa shirtless, and that's a great disappointment. I'm going to say that out loud. Amen. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's true. It would. Amen. With a body like that, you need, you need that. Got to yeah. show that off. You, 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 you don't bring the Cadillac out of the garage without opening the doors, man. Come on, you know. But look, he, he bears 
his soul at the end of the film with that <laughs> heartfelt conversation with his with his brother. <laughs> an ass shot. This is Game of Thrones. Chase Momoa, put, get get some schlong, get some ass. Come on, let's you know schlong. This <laughs> <laughs> is a PG thirteen movie. To, let's get the Loch Ness monster in here. Let's what go. you want, Black Man? And him to God. just rip it out and do a measuring contest? That would be no, a, no, no. Yeah. That's in a different version. That's in uh-huh. a different version. I would say if this was the eighties, but even the eighties, then it would be rated X. That's um, true. Yeah. I, but no, give me. Come on, shirtless Momoa. I like if we're. Come on, you know. But there's some majesty right there. It's missing. So. I'm just thinking right, the adult version of this. Anyway, sorry, um, Mark. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> well, this is probably one of my lower-rated DC films, but I still gave it three out of five. Um, I found a lot of entertainment in it. I understand it's warts and all, but it does a few things. Whereas a lot of people are saying we haven't seen this before, and I'm like, well. The relationship necessary for me i love the relationship between the brothers even with a little bit of the dialogue i think the core and the the, the strongest thing is the relationship between orm and uh you know uh, aquaman i think their banter is great yes aquaman's lines are a bit cringy but they're supposed to be he's supposed to be the cringy brother so while on one hand yeah it is bad on the other hand i'm like come on have anyone seen thor love and thunder Everybody, you know, I still well, have you, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that there were a lot of people that are really hating on this and thought Thor was okay. And, you know, Love and Thunder was okay. They gave it kind of a pass because MCU. I'm like, you know what? I, I enjoyed both of them. I enjoy the humor. One of the things, though, that does is the relationship between the brothers that it broke away from in the first one and that the MCU really didn't cover, except kind of in, uh, uh, in Ragnarok. Is the relationship between the brothers, you know, it, you actually feel like they're connected and they love. You, you didn't get that with Thor really until Ragnarok, and then it kind of faded after that, right? You know, to where uh, you know Ragnarok had the strongest demonstration in the MCU of relationship between two guys who are brothers, the brotherly love, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Here, a lot of the core and heart of this film, all the way through, is at, at no real point do you get. Uh, you know, I love. That's why I loved Orm's character quite a bit. I, I because he's a guy who doesn't like his brother, but the minute he heard the kingdom's in trouble, he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go help you." Right. And then you know, he didn't at any point grab the bad trident and try to stab Arthur with it at any point. Where I'm saying MCU probably would have played that angle at one point. And yeah. Said, yeah. Yeah have the brothers kind of fight while they're fighting the bad guys and then you got that kind of, they don't do that and they stay consistent also aquaman 2 stands on its own and it does one of the few things that either dc or marvel haven't gotten around is this is a sequel to aquaman this is not a sequel to the phase <laughs> or the universe That's this true. is a direct sequel to aquaman true like like, like you guys said they brought back the characters. This felt like an old school sequel as mm-hmm. well. It's like we've established all that stuff before in the first one. Now we're just having fun. And I had fun. Even though it's one of the lower ratings, I still gave it a positive column. And at the end, I was entertained and I really enjoyed it. And I liked what they were doing. I think there were some missed moments. I almost think they tried to do too much in this as far as plots go. I love the idea of the Black Manta revenge. I, you know, I, I liked that, but then they have some other components in there as well. Like we mentioned him dealing with the King thing and, and that kind of became more of a major player. So they got a lot of different ideas and any one of those they could have picked, 
but they picked them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. You, yeah. You know? I think the the problem with the the king and I can't remember his name. The the basically the Sauron character. Mm. I, I think it's ne less a problem of narrative or plot as it is design. Yeah. Because there's so much, you know, Mount Doom, there's so much Sauron from their Lord of the Rings flashbacks that, I mean, you change the color palette and it's ba it's the same design character pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Especially the crown. The oh, yeah. crown, the whole like, oh, I, I got my hand chopped off so that my, my power source was, was denied me. I feel like they, they, there was an avenue here where they could have freed this entity from beneath the ice and maybe it was a completely psychic being. I mean, we, we established early on in the film that you know baby aquaman or what arthur jr i think was yeah. his name mm -hmm. he can talk to fish we see that kind of the psychic you know projections which i thought that was straight out of like super friends or like a yeah, comic it was. i like that it was. Was. It, right i believe yeah, yeah. um <laughs> use that to take possession of um black manta i mean the black trident is cool and everything but it's just the one ring um and well, i also if, think the nefarious plot is nonsensical because like what would be faster, getting the Frozen Kingdom out, chiseling out the Frozen Kingdom, or increasing the Earth's greenhouse gases gradually thanks to silly ass furnaces? Like, oh my gosh! Like, well, it's the fast version of getting through this story, you know? It's, it's like his motivation is unclear. Doctor Evil right. level stuff for a second there. Yeah. Well, his his motivation is a bit unclear because yeah. it seems like he wants to destroy the world by unleashing right. this ancient gas, which, yeah. you know, I thought that was kind of neat because. It, on one level, you hear all these news reports of like, oh, the Earth is the is accelerating, it's heating up, and, and basically they're all going to fry. But then we see what's actually going on with the island that the gas, the, the volcano or whatever it's yeah. coming out of, the immediate area is mutating everything, growing everything yeah, yeah. big. There's, I think, a really great sequence in this jungle that reminded me of like something like Kong Skull Island where they yeah. run into a giant rat that's being yeah. eaten by giant grasshoppers. Yeah, there's some Conan Doyle stuff going on there, yeah. Right, and yeah. That's, that's the thing. This movie, it feels like a three-issue comic book mm. you know, miniseries or something because they're not just stuck underwater. They're going to all these different types of locations. There's different types of adventures. They run into different characters. And that's what I thought, you know, I... The trailers sell this movie as something uh, completely flat and uninteresting and goofy. And there is goofiness to it, but I feel like the goofiness is pretty solidly bookended. You start off kind of silly with, as we mentioned, you know, Aquaman's narration. You end up silly with that, you know, wackadoo Tony Stark pre press conference. But things get pretty adventurous and, you know, adventure comedy serious yeah. uh, and towards the middle. It's, it's not completely goofy. And I think where it does get you know there's some good comedy in the disposition yeah. particularly of patrick wilson he does a great job in this movie there's some... yeah that's that's good part for him and he hit the gym so yeah i mean the whole thing he is got him shirtless oh my god right. yeah no isn't that enough he was shirtless like no. three times momoa. that should be good no. for at least no. one momoa no no no, no. 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 The wilson momoa scale the, oh, the mimosa scale yeah yeah no. Tech both, both shirtless both shirtless you yeah. win the mom audience who don't care yes. about what's going on you elevate dampness <laughs> to something higher just yeah. saying you know yeah it goes from dampness to moist to mm. then full-on wet 
Yeah, yeah, girl. There you yeah. go. Yep, that's what we need. Let's that's go. Let, if we're gonna do this, then, then you really got moms going. Oh, you want to see the Aquaman sequel? Yeah, I'll, I'll go see the Aquaman. Boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes the no, next Barbie and, movie. Everyone's yeah. going to see it. No, Ian, you're right about the adventurous part, though, and that's kind of where I'm saying it's in a hurry. Like, I don't mind all the places they went if you can maybe slow down, stop and stop and put a little wonder on it for a while, or you know, kind of. Um, assess the threat and the risk a little bit like kind of pause and go down you know every now and then with again a little bit of majesty so yeah well, well here's the, the thing though and it's the thing that i've noticed and don't get me wrong i like the fact that we have shorter runtime movies don't get me wrong but there there seems to be there's a difference between having a shorter runtime movie and cutting yourself short from the story you set up just so that you have the shorter runtime. And this past year, especially in 2023, not just an MCU film, films in general that I've watched, they seem rushed. All of them, Hmm. all the really big, a lot of, a lot of the really big ones feel rushed. They don't really give you a breather or give you a bit. That's why I love Godzilla minus one. Godzilla minus one does a perfect balance. You want to yes. look at still have to see that. You, you want to see both. you want to see a good balance of action and drama and everything and why people are raving about it. There's a reason why because I watched that and I'm like okay it's still you know this a longer runtime but I didn't feel it at sure. all because of the way the story plays out but a lot of these mcu films and even the series even these series that they're doing everything feels rushed like they got to get to the end right now whereas Mm. if you cut out maybe some of the stuff or or just retool a little bit or i don't mind a longer film if it calls for it some of the mcu films got a little long in the tooth because i was like we've covered this ground already (laughs) we're covering it again it's like yeah no but in here it almost feels like they're rushing to the finish line they actually kind of did that with the flash a bit too as to where they were rushing definitely. to the finish well, line definitely. because yeah, they're like kind of yeah the dcu thing, Mark. yeah we're, we're running out of <laughs> we're running out of time here it's at the end of the year so let's just let's just wrap it up or even you know blue beetle and i loved blue beetle don't get me wrong i loved blue beetle quite a bit i had a lot of fun with that again another standalone for the most part comic book film yeah and that's part of the reason why and i'll i'll, I'll stop talking but uh the that's why i i did enjoy aquaman versus uh versus aquaman in the lost kingdom was because um it was its own contained story which is all honesty very few and far between with our comic book films in recent years and i think that's a mistake for those comic book films even though they set up the universe i think they should have gone back as we and we've talked about it here as well gone back to your street level single character of sorts to where the where the threat isn't global so you're wondering where the hell are the rest of the avengers and every other superhero that lives in this planet you know on the planet bring it down to at least a scope to where it's not as big you know like this one would have been great if you had black manta and the staff you didn't add the possession he just found this artifact that makes him a badass and he uses this to get to, say, the factory that builds the gas that ruins the, the planet. But you don't need him being possessed. He's already driven by revenge. You could have easily taken out the Sauron part, just have him, while he has the staff, maybe get a flashback to history that there's such a device in the Arctic, and he knows it, doesn't need to be possessed, but it either 
it either taints the air or it taints the ocean or it would be something that would level Atlantis or something along that lines to where you wouldn't need the additional element of the psychic possession because he was already a, driven by revenge. Well, that's, that's a good point. I think that taking that element out would have reduced the runtime certainly by about 15 or 20 minutes, uh, making even a leaner comic book movie. Well, you could, time, add, you could add other things, though, to it. You could add a little bit more to it. You could give a little bit of a breather of exploring a little more of how Arthur Curry doesn't want to be king. I like that. Well, no, I, too, but that's know? the thing. is like I, I, understand, I accept that you guys are saying that this movie needed to take a little breather. I, I felt it was perfectly balanced. You know, it's not like it's nonstop action from start to finish. Sure. I think we get enough in that opening montage to say, yes, I'm bored of politics and these people are all, I'm falling asleep on the throne because they're talking about like Atlantean zoning issues or whatever. Uh, I don't think we need more of that necessarily, but perhaps spending your bullets in other ways that are more effective, possibly entertaining or opening up some ideas that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I'm all for that, too. We were talking before we went live. Uh, Mark, you mentioned the uh, the kind of self-contained nature of this and Katie I think you were the one to point out and folks out there either live or in the future can you point out is this the first of the DCEU films that has absolutely no connection no character no outside character reference to Wonder Woman Batman Flash any other DCEU properties because it seems very self-contained I made the joke that you know they could have at least had the press conference at the end, like, be in Gotham Harbor, but no, it's this nondescript city. I, I, maybe it's New York. I don't know. Yeah. But that's a, it's, it's an York, interesting idea. But yeah, I don't... And, and Wait, that's... It, wasn't it Ellis Island? It, 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 I thought it was because of the it? UN whole thing. Yeah, yeah it, so, was, it was. In, the yeah. X-Men should show up then with Magneto <laughs> and shit from 23 years ago. That's Oh, and that's that what, senator who turned know. into a fish. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, Ian McKellen shows up going, my dear boy, you know, and just fucks with people. It'd be great, you know. Bruce Davison who turned into a jellyfish, yeah. It's like, no, it, it, yeah. everybody yeah. Right into the movie. I mean, blah, it, blah, 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 blah. It's the pro it's the problem that they all ran into and and I, I and I'm not throwing MCU under the bus. I like any movie that entertains me, okay? I don't care if yeah, it's DC yeah. or MCU. You guys know that. Though I am I will defend MCU films that more people hate, but that's a whole other rabbit hole. But uh <laughs> because I enjoyed them more, but for different perspectives. But as far as both these properties go, and, and in general, we're even see it in Sony, you know. We're finding more and more that Spider-Man No Way Home was a fluke rather than a oh, standard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it had those you know elements, me. but they did it properly. But, you know, Sony, look at I love, and I, I did this, and I was giving you guys a hard time earlier, but oh, everybody's like, oh, there's only one MCU film coming out next year, and that's Deadpool 3. And I'm like, no, you've got Craven, you got Madam Web, and you're supposed oh, to have Venom 3. Yeah. And since it's a multiverse, well, they are no. part of it. Yeah, but, so. but very loosely. I mean, even it even says I, the beginning of those movies in association with Marvel. Well, I, like, I know, that's, but that's the thing the, is, they're like, huh? They're like Marvel, pictures still in Marvel comic book films is what I'm saying is <clears throat> the fact, but people are glossing over those because all three of those to the MCU fan base do not look interesting at all to them. You can see it, you know. People it, with it, eyes don't find those interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm just saying that Ever since Infinity War, and I'll say Infinity War, not Endgame, because I liked Infinity War more. Ever yep. since Infinity War, yeah, I know. I liked, oh, with you. I, I liked Infinity War more than Endgame. Um, 
I, they both have painted themselves in the corner, feel the need that they have to get everybody into it because it's in the universe. So they come up with these stories that gets everybody in the, when they could come up with smaller stories. You. One of I the first you. things that Avengers, why Avengers worked is because everybody had their own story and arc before they got yeah. together. And yeah. then after they finished the global threat, they went back to their own yeah. on the ground type of threats for the next couple of films. I mean, it got big, but I mean, they still, and then you got the tease of the bigger galaxy in the end credit sequence. And that was mm-hmm. what made everybody hungry. But right. after Endgame and you ended your 10 year plan, you're like, Oh crap, they like this. Well, we got to connect everything now because everybody's in the same universe. We got to do a, a, a Russell T Davies to Dr. Who. Everything's mm-hmm. a global threat. Now we can't have our, I, I told y'all on this very show, the multiverse was a bad idea. And I stand <laughs> well, by that to this. Look, here's the thing. Now I look, it's, it's just like comics. All right. Comics can be great. Comics can be terrible. They're everything in between the idea of the multiverse is not a bad one it's all in the execution it's in the it's right. in the plotting and the writing and the problem book. as we saw with four and five phases four and five with marvel and we'll get back onto aquaman in a second yeah. um is and if there we wasn't, don't well there <laughs> yeah, wasn't there wasn't that you know phases one through three you don't see a whiteboard or hear about a whiteboard in kevin feige's office where they're plotting everything out it's just like you do this and you do this, and if things contradict, who cares? It's content. People are going to show up because we got the brand name. Um, so yeah, the multiverse saga could have worked very well, but it's it worked out so poorly to the point where a I stopped watching comic book movies for a year, and b now that I'm back watching comic book movies and even reading comics, if I see something that has a multiverse <laughs> tie-in, no matter what the imprint is when I'm in the comic shop, I skip it because I'm so tired of this. Lack yep. of imagination, drivel, which has tainted all the creatives in, in this kind of space. Um, but yeah, I think the I like the self-containedness of uh, Aquaman 2. I like that they brought back the villain. It just it feels like a movie that could have come out 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not tainted by all of this, the things that we've discussed before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not... I don't know. I think it, I think it is kind of great in its own its own way. It's different than the other DC films. I think it's better than the last handful of Marvel films uh, that we've seen, except for maybe Guardians Three. But that's its own that that truly is its own pocket thing at right, this yeah. point. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I I feel like it, it's flopped at the box office. Now people have said the first Aquaman what came out it had a slow start, slow opening weekend, but then it went on to make a billion dollars. But this movie, I think, made roughly half of what that film made. Um, it is one of those weird tomato meter situations where the audience score is about twice as high as the critic score. <laughs> so maybe they'll get some kind of word of mouth. I mean, I just feel like in this kind of weird holiday season we're in, this is the movie that I can recommend people go see if they want something fun and adventurous and true to what it's supposed to be. Unlike, say, you know, I know we're going to disagree on this, but Wonka. Um, I missed that, that show last week, and I would have been a supporter. If, yeah, of the Wonka, pro Wonkas. Okay, yeah. I was gonna yeah, say. I loved it. Um, yeah, that, that, then it's a good thing you didn't show up. Like, I know last I last week, <laughs> one of us would have been in tears. Yeah. Um, oh, I love but, Wonka. You guys I know. Are no, I, I'm the I'm the only one who who absolutely hated Wonka. Um, <laughs> I think it works as a movie if you have never seen the original version, have never read the book. Uh, but as far as like whimsical flights of fancy, it's its own thing. But to call it a Willy Wonka prequel, which is they're calling it a prequel. And because that movie flopped, 
we're never going to get the bridge movie that actually explains what connection Timothy Chalamet's Wonka might have had to Gene yeah. Wilder's Wonka. Because at some There's point no that guy's got to go bitter and go bitter right. and turn into the hermit he is. Yeah. Oh, right. I have so a theory on that. that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a girl. It's got to be a girl. Yeah. Always is. Well, no, I think it's. I mean, we're. Are, we're not going to talk about that though. Nope, sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry. That was last. Turn back the hands of time. Last Thursday. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, you no, know, with 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 Kingdom, the Lost Kingdom. Even though I, you know, it it didn't like wow me. I still had a lot of fun. I had more fun with it than some of the other things that have come out superhero wise. Uh, but it's one of those things to where I wish we would have had more of these. I think people wouldn't have had as much superhero fatigue if we would have had more films like this. While it's not great, while it's not great, the self-containedness, the kind of boots on the ground, even though I know we had the pollution global thing, but we still, for the most part, he's still battling just black Manta. He's not, he's not fighting a huge force. He's like, and by the way, black Manta's second in command, whoever she was, I forgot her name offhand. She was badass. I loved, I loved her character quite a bit. Yeah, she, I mean, she wasn't really she wasn't really a character though, Mark. She was unnamed, like right Lady person. Boss henchman. I don't know I what her she. Name, Stingray. But... Yeah, Stingray. Yeah, oh. yeah. Stingray. Which uh, the only reason why I know that is because it's on IMDb. Right. Yeah. And that, but I mean, she was incredible. She like was. she was great. We haven't even re- really it, talked incredible. About this. What? No, no. Let's pull. I'm stopping the bus. What did she do that was incredible besides be a second in command to Black Manta? Did she, she have any dialogue? Did she, she was more badass in her like, She was more badass at her fighting than Black Manta at some points. True. So when did she fight? She sat in a chair most of the time and like ordered people to like you know speed up the ship. Well, she's got the robot mech thing. Yeah. She's fight, yeah. yeah. You just watched the movie today. I was like, yeah. you know, how are you missing it? <laughs> yes. Again, what did she actually do? Uh, I the bar's low. I'm happy she's a badass and can she's stand a badass. She got to end. fight. Her and Amber Heard yeah. had it. I mean, it, right. you know, it um, I mean, it's not I, I, undercover brother where I'm not pulling up chairs and popcorn and watching two chicks fight, but it was pretty good. You know? <laughs> what I'm saying yeah. is that could have literally been anybody. Like, I'm not going to remember but that Black hard. Manta had a sidekick. I mean, Randall yeah. Park was more of a presence in this oh, movie. He's not I'm not going to say he was he was not a badass, but, you know, he at least had an arc. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the part when the, the sidekick died in that uh, that Sonic, like, surrounded by whales. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, that was very Aquaman finish, too. I like that. See, yeah. that's a, you know. Yeah. There's Aquaman I mean, moves here, for sure. We've, we, we've really got to take into account that uh aquaman was a joke even in uh, the later arthur curry's where they basically gave him the beard and made him look like green arrow but with muscles and mm-hmm. the trident and everything arthur curry the aquaman concept himself has been kind of a joke for many years in the comic book thing so the fact that they've been able to do anything at all the way they have i'm impressed with and even you know and with the whale thing I liked the whale thing because it made sense within the Aquaman world. That's one of his powers. That is what he would do. And I knew that was coming up the minute they said it was on a specific frequency. See, I'm like, yeah. oh, he's going to bring in some whales or some dolphins. When he are brought we in doing all this? the whales and dolphins. And he that brought was... all the whales and dolphins. Yes. That was wild. That, that's, the um, stuff. that's the stuff. Like, give me some more. I'm with Mark. Give me some more of that. Give me some more. Yeah, just have the scale of what that hero is work for him a little more like it, there's room for more uh, just on wonder like 
uh, that whale moment's awesome, but I don't have another really good, like, damn, look at that guy go moment in the movie, you know, or like, look at the powers that he can control and behold, you know, it's, it's more, I'm going to run around and jump and hit people in my, you know, burly, 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 my, my burlap PJs, you know. And I don't know, was the whale moment all him or was it like, it's like teamwork, like everybody get your whales together from your points of the ocean and like bring them all together so we can fight this giant ship that's like kicking our butt and stuff, which I find that very interesting that with the whales in this and then the whales in, what is it, Okana, the uh, MCU show um, that's on Disney with uh, Rosario Dawson. That they have the space Ahsoka. whales. Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah. Space they whales. have the space whales and yep. they mm-hmm. basically kind of do the same thing. I actually just <laughs> thought of that, how putting those together. I'm like, that's interesting. Uh, Randall Park's character sort of, I didn't, uh, I don't know. That's the part of the movie that, that shaves me five minutes right there. Just <laughs> get rid it's of like him. I understand the point of him because he, You're the reason in. why they're looking for what they're looking for is because of him. How he would have obtained that information, I really don't know, considering that there's barely anyone in Atlantis that knows that. Um, But then the whole thing where, I don't know, it's like I thought he was supposed to be like the comic relief and there's only one part where he actually does that when um, the doors shut on, you know, the deck and he's like, okay, look, guys, I'm really not with them. And that I remember like laughing out loud in the theater with that, but I just felt his character was very, I don't know. It's kind of all over the place. Like I'm, I'm with the bad guys, but I'm a good guy. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm so with this cause I don't want to get out in the water and drown, but okay. I'm going to hang on to this and see what happens. And then I feel like at the end, I don't know. Was he supposed to be, I felt like he would have, love to have lived in Atlantis and just been because that's I felt like the point of his entire existence and well, all stuff, but I honestly don't yeah. remember what happened to him at the end <laughs> wasn't King Triton supposed to like grant him gills and bring him in with the other people and you know reverse Little Mermaid him no yeah I know I don't know yeah. it did that was a totally different movie. powers you know yeah. yeah no I mean I think your comment about the comic relief I I don't think so I mean Initially, that's what I expected because he's been he's mostly been in comedies. Right. Um, But no, he's aside from that one scene. And it was basically down to, I think, his delivery. It was a bit, but that was kind of out of place. But no, he's he's a serious kind of straight character who's working for the villain and has not so much a change of heart. I think he realizes that he's in so deep because his boss man wants to destroy the world because you become possessed by something. And I think that gets back to the weird motivations of this, you know, ancient King character who seems to want to destroy the entire planet, but that would also take him with it because he has to understand that if you destroy the upper world, like the ecos, it's an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I do want to say that is one nice bit of, I guess, evolution from the first Aquaman to this where maybe continuity is Orm didn't like the the above world because he felt they were polluting everything and destroying the planet and, and messing with the, the Atlantean ecology. Uh, in this film, he still kind of feels that way. And we get all these kind of reports of like the, the earth is heating up even before this you know chemical goo gets unleashed. But what Aquaman does when he's trying to rally people and convince them to help the, the people above is saying, look, this global warming thing, it is a threat. 
but we need to work together to find ways that if, if we put our technology and their technology together, we can really solve this problem. It's just kind of a nice message of unity that I think transcends the movie itself. You know, yes, we've got this, this problem on the horizon and there are solutions that we can figure out if we learn how to stop bickering and, and work together. So Isn't you need like Dolph that? Lundgren to deliver. If I could change, you can change. <laughs> we all can change. We need Momo The less Dolph Lundgren speaks, the better. <laughs> I liked I liked seeing him in the movie. I didn't like hearing him in the movie because all I kept thinking of those old Spice armpit commercials. I was having Masters of the Universe flashbacks. I don't oh, know about the rest oh, of you. Awesome. Yeah. We, we would sit there at one point. There was the blue background and everything. Like, say I have the power. Yeah, Go yeah. for it. Pull out the sword and it's the one for the other movie just for fun. Yeah. You, you, you talk all right. About, uh, well, okay, real quick because we got to wrap yeah, up yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in just a couple of minutes. But, Mark, what did you want to say? I just wanted to say about Randall Park's character. He's the he's the standard. You have your group of villains who are all following the bad guy blindly because they they they're bad guys. He's the conscience of yeah. the group. That was his that was his sole real purpose is to be the conscience guy. Yes, he didn't like working with him, but he wanted the discovery. He didn't think past his own ambition of just seeing the discovery because he was in love with this idea, and then he realized. Oh, this relationship's toxic, literally and figuratively. And, you know, that's where his conscience comes in. And the, that was his Steve, whole big purpose was for that. We call well, the seed that was planted. Oh, well, the, the seed was planted in the in the first in his first scene where he's driving that right. little mm -hmm. trawler across the ice. He's narrating to himself, saying that uh, he's looking for this thing and he's not sure if he'll be able to find it. And if he doesn't, then his boss is going to be really mad and he doesn't want to think about what might happen next. So we already understands that it's a relationship built out of fear and not like, hey, I'm going to hook up these cool mercenaries. I think he got stuck there. And eventually yeah. okay. the, the change of conscience comes in like, oh, this guy isn't just, you know, cruel or mean or evil. He's, you know, <laughs> demon possessed. But all right, let's take a look at some comments. Yeah. So was in the house. I mean, I mean, YouTube wow. running ads on a live show. Do they need money? No, but I do. So, yes. Um, Make it, man. Just joining the video. Was the movie good? You're going to have to go back and watch the replay. Yep. And the answer to that question. Because yeah. you're going to get a wide range of opinions. Ocean and wide. Ads. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, and ads. There you go. Maybe even ads or Aquaman too. Yeah. Um, Aquamans with an S might be a better name. What's up, Aquamans? Oh, boy. I got one last question for the dais here. Um, yes. Do you bring Jason Momoa back as as Lobo like he always should have been in the new DCU? No. I, in a heartbeat, I'd bring in Momoa. I wouldn't. I, look, here's the thing. I, I, it's weird to say I wanted an Aquaman 3 coming out of this movie because for all I, the reasons I think that, that we've discussed in the panel, I feel like yeah. this the movie's just starting to reach its potential with these characters and kind of getting into a flow, but we're never going to get it. Yeah. Um, so in 2025, after we've had this, you know, 2024 of the off-brand Marvel movies plus the <laughs> the one on-brand Marvel title, uh, I don't know what the landscape's going to be like. If there's going to be an appetite for DC movies, I think you got to let Superman come out and be its own thing, right. see if it works, and then gradually introduce these things. By the time Lobo comes out, uh, it's going to be old man Lobo. That's uh, true. Momo is not going to yeah, work for that role anymore. Chicken. Good mm -hmm. point. Good point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Plus, I mean, I feel like 
if he was Lobo, I think people just sit be unless it was like an R-rated thing. I think people just be like, well, it's just Aquaman it in, a different, in a leather jacket. Lobo sure. would have that to character be now, kind of. No, he, yeah. he's no Chris Evans. I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up on that that uh, damp, moist, wet note. We remember we know. we didn't get past damp. The shirt stayed still on. damp. Y'all speak like for I yourself. I, I was, that was I wet. was wet. Uh, I was wet. <laughs> Uh, so it was, was was damp and and uh, Don was barren. So there you go. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I look. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna need a mop for my studio after this live stream is over. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> but no, I I really appreciate you guys hanging out and and talking Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I know it's kind of a mixed bag for a lot of us. It wasn't a complete train wreck, but it wasn't you know up there with the in the pantheon of of comic book films. It's right there. In the middle it's treading water as you might say mm -hmm. but uh so everybody i have am always uh ian simmons of kicking the seat we have katie glidewell the blonde in front don shanahan of film obsessive and the cinephile hissy fit podcast and dc shill himself mark the move man and crotchak of special mark productions um we're closing out 2023 with this live stream however i want to say this is not the last kicking the seat live stream of 2023 uh -oh. if you are insane if you hate yourself <laughs> if you have gallons upon gallons of coffee, then you can join me January 31st, yes, at 4.30 a.m. Central Time, talking about Dunkey, a movie from India, for our last Spotlight India of the year, a great movie starring the incomparable Shah Rukh Khan. I'll be talking about with uh, with my friend Shashwat Mukherjee, who lives in India. That's why we're doing it on this time, because it's going to be 4 p.m. He definitely got the better end of the deal on that one. Um, but yeah, come hang out and join us. The, uh, the link will be in the description and all that good stuff. And if you like this live stream, please like and subscribe to the channel. Support all of my colleagues and friends here. Their information will be down below. And oh, wait a second. We got to end this with Sejiwa. Happy New Year's, Aquamans. Oh, <laughs> thank you so Sejiwa. much. That's right. <laughs> all right. With that, thank you, everybody. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, for everyone else, whenever that is, whatever that is, thanks. Take care. And have a happy new year. Aquamans, I'll reiterate the sentiment. Thank you. Happy new year. Yeah, yeah. Woo!